1: Hello, this is Russell Moore and you're listening to Signposts. A little while ago, I wrote a piece called What I've Learned in 20 Years of Ministry, and just reflecting on various things that over the years have made an impression on me, and I've, I've come to learn sometimes the hard way. And some people have suggested, could you elaborate on on some of those things? And so we'll do that to, from time to time here on, on Signposts. And what I wanted to do in this episode is to, to look at one of the things I learned that I mentioned in the piece where I said that when it comes to preaching and ministry, Sunday school, and by that I meant children's Sunday school, was more important to me than seminary. And uh, one of my colleagues from the seminary I used to serve sent me a text message and said, "Uh uh-oh. And of course, what I was not saying is that seminary is of no value. I wouldn't want to make the choice between seminary and uh, children's Sunday school at all. My seminary years were completely formative uh, for me, and many of the relationships that I have now are all relationships that were started in seminary. What I meant by that, though, is that the simple act of learning the knowledge of the English Bible is critically important, not only for people who are going to be in ministry, but for all Christians and what, what I found, and especially I found this as I, was, as I was teaching in a seminary context and leading in a seminary context, is that sometimes there would be young Christians who would give themselves over to Greek and Hebrew exegesis of the Bible, which I think is important. We need to teach Greek and Hebrew. I would not, I would not approve in any way of a seminary degree that did not teach uh, Greek and Hebrew and teach people to be able to to use uh, the Greek and and Hebrew text. And some students who have given themselves over to uh, systematic theology, systematic theology was my area of of concentration, I think it's critically, critically important, but who don't know the Bible. And by that I mean they, they may know biblical backgrounds of, of particular passages, and they may know how to, how to parse verbs and to, and to diagram sentences, and they may know the doctrines and how the doctrines fit together, but they don't know the text of the Scripture itself. There are all sorts of reasons for that, I think. One of them being that many of the students that I would encounter came to Christ uh, later on in life, and who didn't have someone drilling the text of Scripture into them. And so you would end up often with uh, a student or a young, young person in ministry, and I think that's, that's true across the, the country and churches all over the place, who will know certain theological commitments, but who don't know who Joab was and who wouldn't be able to identify the cave of Adullam and and understand why that's important and where that fits in the biblical narrative. And then when you add to that the fact that you're living in a time of a decreasing biblical literacy in the culture outside, then you can end up with a situation where people, people don't know the text of the Scriptures. Now, that's important, because I think sometimes we make Bible study and Bible reading far more complicated than it actually is. And I believe in all of the, the depth of study that one can have. But nothing can surpass being in the text of Scripture and knowing how to fit the Bible together because you know the Bible. So that if you have spent enough time in the Scriptures, then you're going to notice certain themes coming forward in Scripture over and over again as you're you're moving through the text. Ah, that, that sounds familiar to me. So that when Matthew in Matthew chapter 2 says that, uh, starts talking about Herod and, and Herod's decree to destroy uh, all of the children in order to get to Christ, that ought to immediately, oh, I I know that. Uh, th- th- I've heard this before. This has happened before. And then when God says, out of Egypt, I've called my son, you're able to, to fit those things together. When you're reading through uh, Leviticus. It's a very difficult thing for people to read through uh, Leviticus, but they already have an understanding of the the sacrifice of Christ and the Book of Hebrews, and they're able to fit those things together and to have a, a coherent view of the Bible. You you just cannot underestimate how important that is in living uh, life, and I think that's especially true because. One of the things that Christians tend to, tend to do when it comes to the Bible is to, to try to find biblical passages that speak to me in the moment. And so I'm going through a, a time of depression maybe, And so I go to the Bible and I look and see what does the Bible have to say about depression, or I'm uh, I'm facing some fear and some anxiety in my life because of something that's going on at my job, and so I go and I try to search through the Bible for words on fear and anxiety. Um, I found that that's not the best way for God to confront you in those things. It's instead for you to be familiar with the Bible. By, by reading through the Bible to such a degree that you have a memory that is being shaped and formed by the Bible and you have intuitions that are being shaped and formed by the Bible, so that you're able to have resources that you may not even know why you need it right now, but you can come back to it later on. And so uh, I remember, uh, for instance, I was in a, in a situation where I was really gloomy about something that was going on in my life, and the Lord just happened to call my attention to remember what happened with David when uh, after Absalom died. And David was was weeping and gloomy, and the people who were around him, the people he had responsibility for him, they they assumed, well, you would rather that we all be dead if Absalom were still alive. And and his gloominess and his sense of desperation actually turned out to be a failure of leadership. Now, I would have never gone and looked for that, but that was able to be impressed upon my heart to say, wait a minute, are you acting like David? Is your being so downcast by this situation actually creating a problem for your family, for your, for your co-laborers in, in ministry? And, and God brought that forward later on. There was another time when I found myself in a really, really difficult uh, situation. I didn't know uh, what to do, and God called my attention to the narrative of Elisha with the young man, and the, and the young man is, is panicking because the Syrian army is around, and Elisha says, God, open his eyes so that he can see, and he, he looked, and the, and the mountains were full of chariots of fire that, that were, were already there, angelic armies around them. And Elisha says, there are more of them with us than there are with them. There are more with us than there are with them. Well, I didn't go looking for that in in that moment. It's just something that was back there in my mind, uh, probably, you know, from all the way back from learning it in a Sunday school class somewhere, and I wouldn't take anything for, for that. And so... I would say to someone who wants to to grow in Christ, there are all sorts of things that are really helpful to do. And if God's calling you to ministry, you need to learn that Greek, you need to learn that Hebrew, you need to learn Christian ethics, you need to learn you need to learn systematic theology, you need to learn all of those things. But the first thing you should do is to discipline yourself to spend such time in the Bible, not chopped up into all the parts but just familiar with the rhythms of the Bible so that it can shape and form your intuitions and so that you can have a resource that you can go back to over and over and over again. I wouldn't want to choose between seminary and children's Sunday school, but if I had to choose, if I had to have one, give me Sunday school.
0: You know?